Hello and welcome to the tune-up, the first episode of 2019. And I can't believe I'm saying that. I still remember passing that it was 1999 back in, well, 1999. But here we are at the end of, near the end of the second decade of the millennium. And the industry in the automotive industry has changed considerably. But we're not going to focus on the past. Well, we're going to be doing the news in a minute. We're going to be looking forwards. What does this year hold for the automotive aftermarket and the automotive industry in general? What challenges await us all? We've got Brexit, which is coming up, and there's a vote on that today at the time of recording. We've got changing technology. We've got electric vehicles starting to come through onto market from some of the big name players rather than just the, the small sideshow or the Japanese guys. But like I said, before we look at the future, we should look at the past, specifically the last few days or so. So here's the latest news. Thanks, Phil. The Bloodhound supersonic car project has been saved after it went into administration last year. Yorkshire-based entrepreneur Ian Warhurst, MD of Mellet Turbo, bought the business assets, including the 1,000 mile-per-hour car, and hopes to take the project forward. A mechanical engineer by training, a long-term Bloodhound enthusiast, Ian has a strong background in managing highly successful businesses in the automotive engineering sector. No details have yet been released on when the land speed record attempt will take place. The car has already run to 200 miles per hour at a special event held at Newquay Airport during 2018. Vehicle manufacturers use temporary technicians to fill 25,000 hours of work over the last 12 months in an effort to help plug the skills gap. That's according to Autotech Recruit. The company put together a vehicle manufacturer-led recruitment programme in January last year, and the figures demonstrate the dependence UK garages now have on temporary vehicle technicians to fulfil labour gaps. The objective of the Autotech Recruit programme was to cut the time it takes car manufacturers to employ temporary vehicle technicians throughout their garages across the UK, allowing seamless servicing for customer vehicles. Four out of five drivers are overpaying for their service in MOT by not booking them together, new research shows. According to MotorEasy, up to 85% of a typical car's scheduled service checks are covered by the same checks conducted by MOT testers. Owners who book their service in MOT at different times are effectively charged twice for the same work. The group is also warning buyers not to rely on the MOT test to highlight potential problems with their vehicles. It's advising owners to service their cars at least once a year, as the MOT test leaves out important maintenance checks that are covered in a normal service. And finally, Absolute Alignment has announced over 20 approved motorsport centres across the UK, which are workshops dedicated to providing the best in race car servicing and setup. All Absolute Alignment approved motorsport centres are equipped with the company's high-end 3D, digital and Bluetooth wheel alignment equipment, which the Farnborough-based outfit showcases via domestic and international motorsport. The company directly supplies teams competing in the British Touring Car Championship, British GT, the Porsche Carrera Cup and Caterham's Motorsport Ladder. And that's you up to date with all the latest. Auto Repair Focus will continue to keep you updated throughout 2019. Visit the website autorepairfocus.com news features products and much more and thank you very much now i just want to say i'm really pleased 
that the Bloodhound uh, supersonic car project has been saved. That's something close to my heart. I love the land speed record and I'm hoping to be bringing you more details on that as and when they emerge. But that is just one example of, uh, of 2018 and the challenges that arose from that. Um, there, were, there were quite a lot of news stories in 2018 which have had an effect on the industry and will therefore have an effect on going forward in 2019. For example, uh, the new emissions test uh, standard came in, WLTP. This might not sound like it affects the aftermarket so much, but one thing it did do was slow down vehicle production. Companies didn't want to build vehicles that weren't compliant with WLTP, but the new procedure was quite a intense program that they had to try and get through, and it, it took a lot more time. So therefore, slow down in, in part supply. And that affected manufacturers. For example, Valio, who have recently announced a profit warning. Now, this is where 2019 is going to start to become tricky. We've got companies closing factories. We've got profit warnings from suppliers. We've got talk in some areas of certain factors, closing branches and cutting jobs, and all because the automotive industry is being squeezed. New car sales fell for the first time in 2017, and they fell again last year. One of the big casualties of this is the diesel market. Now, up until the end of 2015, it had roughly 50% share. In fact, before 2015, it was a dominating fuel type. But last year, its share was just over a third of the market. That's quite a fall from grace in effectively three years. And what's happened? Well, it's not just Dieselgate. That started it, the whole Volkswagen and other German manufacturers cheating the emissions. But since then, it's snowballed. Suddenly, NRX is a talking point. People are more aware of it. The government is more aware of it. The press are more aware of it. And they demonise the fuel. And they put people off it. The government adds taxes. The press say it's bad for everything, bad for business. And it snowballs. So, of course, people don't buy diesels. But what they are doing is buying used diesels. In fact, the used car market, up until Q3 last year, was just 2% down on the previous. And diesel sales are, are relatively stable within that. So the appetite for diesel is there. And therefore, diesel sales dropping isn't so much a challenge for the industry, but an opportunity for the aftermarket, for the independent garages. Cleaning these diesels becomes key. Now, people want to hold on to their diesel cars for longer, or they want a diesel car, therefore they'll buy used. The reason they'll buy used is because the cheaper VD rates, you can get a 1.4 diesel Fiesta for about 20 to 30 pound a year in, in tax. But of course, these are the cars that emit more pollution. Um, the modern cars have DPFs, the older cars don't. So they need regular servicing to ensure they don't emit too much. They don't clog up even more. And for those with DPFs, the, the Euro six cars that for example that are on the on the used car market they need cleaning and there's a number of cleaning companies around that can pump through that can reduce co that can reduce nrx emissions it's going to be a big thing and it's going to kick off even more in 2019 i think so if you're not already affiliated with a, with a cleaning company and it doesn't just work for diesel it works for petrol too 
the used car market is buoyant. The UK's car park is increasing slowly. New car sales are stalling, which means there's plenty of older cars on the road. So if you're not affiliated with a cleaning company, maybe you should be. That's all I can say on that. I think it's it's a perfect opportunity to, to think about engine cleaning, to add another string to your boat, and add another profit line and profit margin, and go from there. But car sales aren't going to be the biggest talking point of 2018, 2019. I'm going to do that a few times throughout this, I'm afraid, because I'm still getting my head around it. We're two weeks in now, and still I write 2018 on everything. It's that fun little meme you see, you know, we're going to get six months of this rubbish where you're crossing out the eight and putting the nine in. So don't pick me up too much on that, please. The biggest talking point of 2019 is undoubtedly going to be Brexit. Now the UK leaves the European Union, or is supposed to leave the European Union, on the 29th of March at 11pm. Now, whether it's right or wrong, whether the, the debate is still rages about whether we should be leaving or not, that's gone now, it's happening. But the question is, how is it happening? Now the SMMT has been very vocal on the need for a deal of some sorts. But there's quite a lot of people out there who don't want a deal. They want us to come away completely from the European Union. Personally, some sort of deal I believe is needed for the, for the manufacturers, for the parts suppliers. Many run just in time. So for car companies, they're getting lorries of deliveries every day, which will do them for the next couple of days on their production lines. There's also the need for parts in the industry. Now factors obviously supply parts from overseas as well. They get imported sections. Any sudden cuts to supply lines for a no deal is going to add tariffs. That's going to be increasing prices on vehicle parts. It's also going to add customs delays. That's going to increase the time it takes to deliver. Now, it might just be a case of, right, okay, you've been thinking we'll get a few lorries over in the meantime, that'll be fine. To put it into perspective, Mini and Honda have both announced that no matter what happens, after the 29th of March, they will be shutting down their plants for well six days for Honda, and for the two weeks it normally takes, they, they normally take in summer for Mini. The reason for that is they want to make sure that they catch up with part supply. Any delays come through, that they can be ready for that. They can have the parts in time to build the cars they need, and hopefully there won't be so much of a bottleneck. And that could be the issue with part supply after Brexit. Lorries coming over will have to be searched, have to be customs, more paperwork, more time at the ports. There's more talk now about the issue of queuing on the M20 and the M2 in Kent, for example, because lorries will be having to go through so many checks, to the point where there was recently a, a trial of parking lorries at uh, Manson Airport in Kent and drive them down to Dover to see what the effect would be. But it's not just the part supplier that is the problem. It's the confidence in the market as a whole. Now, buying a new car is the second biggest purchase you'll ever make in your life after buying a house. Or if you rent a house, then it'll be the biggest purchase you'd ever make. Or it could be anyway. But of course, if there is concern over Brexit, concern over 
tariffs, trading, etc. It's going to hit the pounds, it's going to hit the economy, which means there'll probably be job cuts, there'll be less capital to spend, and therefore people won't be buying cars and they might not even be servicing them. If they do, it could be a boon, it could be a case of they'll buy a used car and then want it serviced. There's swings and roundabouts all over the place. But it's going to be a big talking point, and it's not just going to end on the 29th of March. Now, I'm recording this today uh, before the crucial vote in the House of Commons on the Prime Minister's Brexit deal, which is expected to lose, expected to fail uh, spectacularly, catastrophically. Look at the morning papers. Yep, yeah, it's it's done. It's, it's, there's no there's no talking. It's gonna it's not gonna go go through. But the problem that leaves is then a, a question mark over the two types of Brexit we can then have. We can have a soft Brexit where we can maintain every tie with the European Union and we're just not governed by them, which for trade and customs would be beneficial. Or we can have a no-deal Brexit, which is going to cause trade tariffs, going to cause customs checks, going to cause possible inst you know, instability in the economy. And I'm not saying it's going to last for a hundred years. It could just last for the year. It could last for six months. But the fact of the matter is, any dip, we, we saw quite a crisis when the uh, UK voted in the referendum to leave. There was a dip then. That's part of the reason why new car sales are stalling. That's part of the reason why a lot of companies now are, uh, are in the UK based are finding themselves in, in trouble. So no one knows what's going to happen, is what I'm saying. We are leaving the EU. we most likely leaving the EU on the 29th of March, bar some sort of miracle. But it's not as clear-cut as we leave or we don't. So let's park that one now. It's a big talking point for 2019. Another big talking point is going to be electric vehicles. Electric vehicles have been out and about, and the industry finally, the aftermarket industry, seems to be picking up on them. Some of the big trainers out there now are concentrating on electric vehicles. A lot of people now are realising that these are the future, in some way, shape or form, and therefore they need to be serviced, need to be worked on. And Nissan Leaf has been out seemingly forever, to the point where they launched Gen 2 last year, or 2017, that escapes me. But more and more manufacturers now are investing in electric vehicles. The reason for that is the new CO2 targets delivered by the European Commission, of which, no matter what, the UK will bring into law after Brexit. Manufacturers were originally relying on diesel sales to get by the, the CO2 levels because, obviously, diesels emit less CO2. With the collapse in the market, they're now staring in the face of a uh, missing the first target in 2021 of the vehicle fleet emitting, the vehicles they sell, emitting 95 grams of CO2 per kilometre. Now, if they're going to miss that, they're going to miss the 2025 target, which reduces that further by 15%, and the 2030 target, which reduces it even further by 37.5%. So electric vehicles is really the only way they're going to get out of this. In March, Audi will deliver its first electric vehicle, the e-tron. In September of this year, Mercedes will launch their second EV, the EQB, 
to follow on from the EQC, which is their SUV model, which is going into production this year. And then we've got companies Volkswagen, for example, are launching their ID range and aim to have fully electric vehicles by 2023 and phase out the internal combustion engine by 2026. Volvo are going hybrid and electric only this year. And Ford have just announced that they want an electric version of every model of their fleet in the coming years. Mazda are going electric, Toyota are building electric cars alongside hybrid, Honda are launching their first electric car at Geneva later this year. The future is electric and everyone is jumping on that bandwagon. And there's no discussion about it now, whereas before it was a case of do we want electric or do we not, it is happening. Electric vehicles are coming, whether we like it or not, and it's time to embrace that. Tesla has shown us that electric vehicles can be fun and can do the range. BMW are building bigger vehicles. The London Electric Vehicle Company was originally the London Taxi Company. Electric taxis are now more prominent on the streets than ever. I go into London quite a lot, and I've seen them around. I've driven the London Electric Taxi. It's quite fun, although the range extender is quite loud. So the aftermarket needs to take hold of that. Now electric vehicles need a bit more work, a bit more effort. Obviously different parts involved, different psyches. But one thing they, they do share is the fact they've got four wheels and a driver behind it who needs the car serviced at times. You might not be cleaning the engine, and this is a hybrid, but there's different bits and pieces you can do as long as you're doing it safely and correctly and that is why training in electric vehicles is more important than ever. It really is. I cannot stress that enough. Whether we talk about the demise of petrol and diesel or the, the, the rise of hydrogen, electric vehicles are going to be around. They're going to be around for some time. If we're not training in them, we're not really doing the jobs. I'm going to be attending a few training courses this year on electric vehicles to see just how complex they are. You can check out any articles surrounding that on autorepairfocus.com. And we'll be kicking off a special month in February called Fev-uary. It's not just plug-in hybrids, it's the whole range, F-E-V-uary. Looking at the electric vehicle, looking at the training, looking at the technology behind it and trying to sort of figure out what the aftermarket needs to realise and ensure that they are ready when more and more of these vehicles come through the door. Because sales are increasing year on year, only on small amounts. And the market hasn't really hit the ground running yet, but it will. With Mercedes, with Audi, with Porsche, with Ford, with Volkswagen, all launching electric vehicles, with Volvo going electric and hybrid only, Toyota doing electric vehicle, Honda, the Nissan Leaf in popularity people are going to want to start buying them because the range increases because the technology is out there and because the choice is out there and when that happens and it will happen it will happen quickly it could happen suddenly it will happen quickly garages need to be prepared because a couple of years after that they're more likely to start coming through into the aftermarket electric vehicles and brexit two big things for 2019. I've also touched on diesel and as we know diesel sales are more likely to fall again and again throughout the year. Unfortunately the demonization of the, the technology seems to seems to continue there's no way of cutting it 
but like I said, it's a good opportunity for the used market. It's a good opportunity for for drivers and for garages to therefore take that into account and I really run with it. You know, like I said, engine cleaning, servicing, making sure those cars are are top notch. Now, what else are we going to see in 2019? It could be a year of resurgence for the industry. Like I said, used car sales, more parts available, big business. But I've got to focus on some of the bigger news stories of the year so far. At the start of the year, we heard that the possibility of one certain manufacturer cutting jobs as it looks to shore up its finances or its stock portfolio. Then we heard the news about Jaguar Land Rover who are looking to cut around 5,000, 4,500 jobs. And then we've also got the news that Ford is cutting jobs across Europe, possibly including 1,150 in the UK, many of them at the Bridge End plant which produces petrol engines. Ironically, they build engines for Jaguar Land Rover. Ford also streamlining their model range. Now Valio have also issued a profit warning and Schaeffler is closing factories in the UK due to, partly, due to Brexit. Michelin too is shutting its plant in Dundee because they don't want to invest in it anymore. You can see the pattern going here. We're on the verge of another economic instability. Now job losses are obviously needed for these companies to survive. They can't carry on pumping money into employees and plants that are unprofitable and putting investment in if they're not getting anything out of it and getting any return and reward and if they need to cut jobs and for them so be it if it needs means they can stay profitable the big problem there of course is obviously the impact on the market share prices fall profits drop even further are Ford and JLR the last to cut jobs of Valio are factors. It really again depends on, on Brexit, on the instability caused by whatever scenario we find ourselves in if instability occurs. It's going to be a tough trading year for businesses, I predict, in 2019. I personally believe that garages will survive and thrive on the increased work from any used car sales and, and used car servicing, as long as, again, training is taken on board for any product, advertising is correct, and digital services are offered, and good services offered through word of mouth, helping to, to grow business. For factors, for suppliers, etc., it's gonna be a rocky year. It's one where companies need to change their approaches. ZF, for example, is buying companies left, right and centre to ensure it remains relevant for the future of electric vehicles. Schaeffler, too, is investing more and more in electric vehicle technology. But, of course, all that comes at a price. All that investment has to come from somewhere. And if profits aren't being made, then cuts need to be made in certain other areas staff for example in the case of some car manufacturers plants in the case of others 
we could see this as a trend in 2019. So garages will survive and thrive. Suppliers, manufacturers could find themselves having to do quite a bit of reorganising. But it's not all going to be doom and gloom because the aftermarket will survive. Now, one thing I believe it is the aftermarket will grow and thrive. There might be a little bit of instability, but I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing at the moment through social media, through speaking to people. Garage is working together and pulling together and sharing stories and sharing ideas and sharing beliefs and tricky jobs and having a laugh and joke and socialising. And if there's one thing that can survive any tough situation, it's an industry that can band together, pull together and stay strong. And that's what I firmly believe the aftermarket to be. So I'm going to leave it there. We've got some challenges facing us, but the aftermarket can survive and the aftermarket can thrive. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out and learn more about you know, what 2019 might hold, follow the latest news and features on autorepairfocus.com. That's autorepairfocus.com, and I'll speak to you again in two weeks' time. Thank you.